Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985 Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. And Ben, what minute are we on this week? Um, we are on minute 22. I must, uh, I must compliment the movie on how cleanly cut, you know, minute yeah. 21 cut off into minute 22 because <laughs> we pick right up, not mid-sentence or anything, but Anya saying... Matches his cheeks and everything. Because, of course, Santa has those rosy red cheeks. Right. And that's the first glimpse we have of Patch and Puffy's little feud that we the, have going between them. Their rivalry. Their rivalry. Where Patch is like, ha ha ha, I was right. And Puffy's like rolling his eyes. Well, like, I, don't, uh, I don't think this is technically the first glimpse at it. I think that introduction well, that we yeah. had a few minutes ago yeah, that's was true. the first taste of it. Yeah. But look, I love how Puffy doesn't even crack a smile no. when Patch like nudges him. He rolls his eyes like a complete annoyance. Like, ugh. This guy. <laughs> so do you think this is a one-way rivalry where... Puffy just cannot stand Patch, but is com- but Patch is completely oblivious to it. Probably, that's kind of I what think, I, that's kind of how I'm interpreting it. Yeah, it kind of goes along with Patch's character. You know, the the naive young elf. He doesn't know. He doesn't know that he's annoying Puffy. And Puffy's you know? like, of course, this guy. I've been here for years. <laughs> they never listen to old Puffy. <laughs> So are you starting to see, I've mentioned this to you in the past, how I think there's this Patch versus Puffy storyline going on, or at least Puffy's burning hatred Mm -hmm. Patch. Right. That's unfolding throughout this entire film. Yeah, I think it's going a little bit, I mean, I can kind of see it a little bit more and more as we go along and you keep drilling it in, you know? (laughs) There is a lot, a lot going on in this minute. a lot. This minute and the next minute. There's so much going on. This is definitely gearing up for the big night. Even though it was edited into the movie like, oh, this is the very next day after they brought Anya and Claus in. Right. This is obviously the next year, the next Christmas. It's yeah. gotta be. Yeah, this... <sighs> I think they could have uh, made it a little more clear. You know, they had that establishing shot of the elf compound in between Donner starting to eat. Yeah. During that scene with them in the reindeer stable patch and claws Mm -hmm. then there was a shot of the elf village and then they all waking up Mm -hmm. they could have had a subtitle on the screen like the following year or like had santa do a little narration like Mm -hmm. well the months have gone pretty quick yeah i can't believe it's been a whole year yeah because in the book it says that the weeks and the months flew by much like hours passed you yeah, know, they like, could have done a little voiceover just to yeah. make it a little more clear. But So all of this montage that happens in this minute, that happened last minute, this minute, and the next minute, they're all, it's kind of all intertwining the whole year. It's like kind of as if you were in a wibbly-wobbly time machine <laughs> going all over the place. You have close to Christmas, far from Christmas, close to Christmas, far from Christmas. Like it's just kind of all over the place. And this isn't the last time in this movie where you have to stop and like, wait, wait, is this, what year is this, what year Christmas? Is it Christmas? It's always Christmas. It's always Christmas. Especially in the second half of the movie. It's like, how many Christmases have passed <laughs> when we get into the modern times? We'll get over that later. Yes, we, we have another year to get to yeah, that. Yeah, we have a while. So anyway, back to the minute. Yes. The next thing we see. After... Are those the twins? Are those your twins? I was wondering that too. I mean, they're in a different spot. 
but they kind of, they're wearing the same exact outfit and they look similar like they could be your twins i was wondering that too but um let, let's uh, dial it back for people who may not be watching the minute <laughs> <laughs> they could be on a jog or on their way to work or something <laughs> you're supposed to know what i'm talking about <laughs> so there is this giant like seesaw teeter-totter type contraption right. on one end are who may or may not be the twins i think they might be those twins that we talked about a few minutes ago yeah and two other very happy looking elves with no beards right of they're... course the twins are the bearded too and yeah. then another couple of elves looking very happy and they're they look like twins too oh yeah they might be i thought i, I... think they're two sets of twins i think you are right i think the twins are running the seesaw but obviously the seesaw doesn't work just on elf power alone because there are elves on either side with ropes yeah. pulling them up and down, up and down, up and down. Because this thing is huge. Yeah. In in the center of the teeter-totter is like a, man, a little figurine, carved wooden figurine. It looks like a man riding a giant chicken. It does. It looks like it's a bowl. It looks like it's a bowl or maybe it's a cauldron. With a full-size chicken with his little legs sticking out the back of it. And then an elf riding the back of the chicken. We'll put a picture of this on our website. But this is too funny. <laughs> so this is how I interpret the function of this particular elf-powered device. Okay, I'll let you know if you're right. Because in the background you see that giant cauldron yes. from earlier. And the chef elves up on the top balcony type section yeah and below that you see like a brick oven like almost like one of those brick ovens you stick the pizza in yeah and you can almost see like the flame and the smoke behind it too of the fire right but there are also two giant bellows yes down below this uh seesaw so it's not just all fun and games no it's not just oh it's playground time for the twins <laughs> no so my interpretation is this is what is keeping the fire going to cook the food in the giant cauldron. Yes. But you have more information from Santa Claus the movie, the novelization. You are correct. That is what is happening. Is oh yeah, are, bingo. Winner, are... winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> they are fanning the flames, if you will, with the two giant bellows because that cauldron is so huge that the fire is so big and the coals have to be so hot to cook or warm the water, broth, soup, whatever, hot enough to get to the top layer. So, Well, now I'm curious how long a typical shift is on, on the uh, teeter-totter. Like, do they have to be there for like four hours? Or, does it, or do they have to keep the cauldron going 24 hours a day for the next shift? Well, I don't know. It says here that meanwhile, Groot and his assistants worked overtime in the kitchen to feed the hungry workers. Two elves pumped the air of enormous bellows that fanned the cooking fire from each side day and night. Oh, so it is a 24-7 operation. It is. Between the two bellows was a seesaw-like contraption that Groot had devised and the two elves perched on its ends. As each rode up and down in turn, they squeezed the air from one of the bellows, fanning the flames high. And speaking of Groot, I'm Groot. Here is this big scene that did make it into the movie. All his lines were cut. We went into that in detail. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact minute, but the episode name was <laughs> He Was Groot. Right. <laughs> it was a couple minutes ago. So here is a payoff to that scene that was cut out of the movie. Right. Anya is bringing a bowl of spices, I assume. Uh-huh. Because it was established early on that, oh man, 
Groot's cooking is so bland. It's like drinking hot water. Yes. So Anya is helping with the cooking to make the recipe a little bit more palatable, I want yes. to say. So like she's giving like a little sprig of something like the secret ingredient. Yeah. I don't know um what it is. Maybe exactly. like oregano, like oregano maybe. Anya stepped forward to dump the large pot of herbs into the cauldron. So I don't know exactly what the herbs are, but it's a pot of herbs. Before we say goodbye to Groot, I guess we have to give credit where credit is due. We never mentioned the actor who played Groot oh, yes. when we discussed the deleted mm-hmm. scene. So we'll just go over that briefly. This poor guy had his big scene deleted. Right, yeah. But Groot was played by Don Estelle, you know, another British comedic character actor. This must have been like an all-star cast yeah. if you were in the UK. It was like, oh my gosh, it's everybody from every bbc comedy <laughs> show ever and they're all elves yeah must have been mind-blowing we're hoping to get a british perspective on the show here yeah at some point there may be one coming up maybe stay tuned <laughs> but this was don estelle born in 1933 his best known work includes 1974's it ain't half hot mom remember hey, we've heard that yeah, one melvin before. hayes last week yeah. also was best known for his work in it at <laughs> Ain't half hot mum. <laughs> Where do they come up with the titles of these things? In 1976's Not Now, Comrade. Mm-hmm. And Dad's Army from 1968. Uh, sadly, he has passed away in 2003. But we will always know him as the silent forgotten elf Groot. Right. The who, original Groot. Who had a really tough job of feeding all of those elves and thankfully Anya came in and helped him you know better his stew so Anya I just want to before we uh, cut away again Anya is wearing a yellow with red polka dotted apron here yes this this starts her transition into brightly colored clothes that she that she starts wearing the longer they live with the elves. I know you've been kind of teasing that the past few minutes. Yeah, we're slowly like, getting through oh, it, okay, you know? Okay, this is going to be a big payoff when it comes. <laughs> but also that yellow with red polka dots shows up in a variety of ways mm-hmm. throughout uh, throughout the years here in the elf village. It's a very popular pattern. <laughs> so next up we see an elf. He's at like some sort of crank of some sort. Yes. A giant wheel, a wooden wheel. And he's cranking something into buckets. Yeah. And it's glowing. It's kind of like a powder. And it is uh, then getting spread onto what looks like moss, which we know is the reindeer food that we've seen the reindeers eat. So there's no explanation to what this is or where it comes from. We just assume it's elf magic. Mm -hmm. But it is actually stardust. There's no mention of it being Stardust anywhere in the movie, except near the end, BZ. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. You're but way I, ahead. Well, I know, but I want to bring it up here. <laughs> BZ calls it Stardust. Mm-hmm. Um, or Reindeer Cornflakes. Right. This Stardust, this Reindeer Cornflakes, whatever it is that made the children walk on air. But it's like, but you don't think that's what it really was. Mm-hmm. He must have been, Patch must have told BZ at some point what it was. But as it plays out in the movie, you just think that's another wild guess from BZ. Right. So um, from the from the book, 
talking about this very section right here, I want to let you know that in the book, this occurs after Season's Greetings occurs in the book. Yeah, I was going to, I was just about to say, I'd imagine putting the magic dust that makes a reindeer fly onto this, the reindeer food would take place closer to when they're getting ready to take off. This, in the book, this section right here, adding the stardust to the reindeer food is Christmas Eve. So this right here is supposed to be Christmas Eve. And because it says, um, at last Christmas Eve arrived and the final preparations for the great event began. An elf stood above a vast conveyor belt and under Patch's careful supervision, which we don't see Patch anywhere, um, poured the contents of a mysterious bag into a sieve, grinning with anticipation. So this kind of combines this and what happens on actual Christmas Eve in the movie later on when we get to it. So it's like they kind of combined the two together into this little montage of going through the year and actual Christmas Eve when they're feeding the reindeer. So they kind of jumbled it a little bit. And next, there is so much elf activity. There is so much hustle and bustle. I can only imagine how long it took to film these scenes with so many moving parts, so many moving elves having to stay and making their cue, you know, making their appearances on cue and hitting the beats. How many takes do you think? How many days do you think it took to do these things that are only in the movie for just a couple of seconds? A long time, because if you really go slow, you can see how... Um, in the back corner, you have the elves working on the toys, and then there's some carrying, like, ladders around. Then you can get them moving big toy pieces, and you can see the toy tunnel is right behind them. And you can see the sled, the sled, the sleigh is right there in the oh, background. Oh, yeah, I never noticed that before. So you can see the toy tunnel, and you can see some elves moving some big toys, and then you move over and you can see the really big contraption that is holding all of this stardust and rainbow reindeer food. You know, they're picking up buckets from this big giant hole in the floor. I want to know how they glowing. I want to know how they harvest stardust. Well, stardust in the in the book, it it um, automatically regenerates kind of like pixie dust with the pixies, Disney pixie. Oh, you like, know, oh yeah, yeah. So it kind of like regenerates on its own. But I didn't know if they had to like harvest stars and grind them up somehow. Maybe that's how they got it originally. Maybe maybe the elves are from outer space. <laughs> they caught one Christmas star. Yeah, and... they caught one shooting star and they pulverized it into magic. But everybody's timing here is perfect. Then they yeah. march out right on cue with these wooden horse pieces like rocking horse pieces as we do like an overhead shot mm -hmm. of the woodworkers yep it is just insane i wish i wish we could walk around in this i, I wish know. us as adults in 2020 yeah could buy a plane ticket to pinewood studios and walk in and here. walk into the santa workshop for sure and you could just see all of these elves hundreds of elves just working on different toys you have a group of three carrying different I think those are dolls um, on their backs, like racks of dolls heading towards the painting station. You can kind of see Dooley like buzzing from yep. table to table. 
Like, oh, good job, good job. Yep, pointing out what to do. But there is one person, one very important person, as far as I can see. I've gone through this minute frame by frame to verify this. But there is one very important person who is totally missing from this particular minute. There is no clause Mm -mm. in this minute. Nope. If you're tuning in late, I have been keeping track of how many minutes clause is in clause, Santa Claus the title character of the movie and how many minutes Dudley Moore patch is in the movie to see who gets more screen time. So that'll be definitely something to stay tuned to the end of this ridiculous project to see who has more screen time in Santa Claus the movie. Mm. Who's your Who's your money on right now? D- gonna, Dudley is uh, catching I'm gonna up. Go, I'm going to go with Dudley because I think that he will um, bypass Santa later on in the movie. But I could be wrong. And there's just this one continuous shot. We do see skipping down the staircase. Goober. Gooba. He's doing a little little jaunty dance down the staircase. He is. And, and look and look and look the the elves behind him. I think it's taking two or three elves to carry look look what I looks like a rolled up carpet. But it's just I assume fabric for Santa's suit because Santa is so huge. Yes, he's an extra large, as they say. Yeah, I mean, unless he's working on something else. You know, I mean, this montage is, even though it doesn't, is basically Christmas Eve. So you would think the suit would be done. Oh, that's a good point. That'd be a quick turnaround. So this could be he's just working on something else. You know, I mean, maybe that's like a, a big carpet for for later on when uh, they're in the toy tunnel doing the whole ceremony that we'll get, talk about in a couple of minutes. you got to roll out the red carpet for you know, the ancient elves. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's just working on mending clothes for all these elves. You don't really know what he's doing. But you'd kind of assume, you know, oh, they're coming down the stairs after talking to Patch and Anya yeah. and Dooley. Coming in to interrupt the podcast because John has something that he would like to add. Go ahead. Well, you know how we've been going back and forth whether the Taylor elf is named Goober. Yes. Like the Goober name on the bed we saw in a previous minute and as listed on the Internet Movie Database. Or... Gooba, as in Gooba. G-O-O-B-A. Right. He is officially listed as Gooba in the novelization. Yes. But we have recently found that in the book that came with the Happy Meal back in 1985, he is also referred to as Gooba in that. So we have two printed sources that call this particular elf Gooba. Which I believe has more credit than an internet database that anyone can add stuff to. Yes? Fair enough. Okay. Now back to the minute. Then we have another shot of Dooley. Yeah, he looks like he has like a slab of wood. You'd assume that would be like a checklist or something. Yeah, I think that's his checklist. Like, oh, that's good. It look, it oh, even looks like he pretends to write something, but he's not holding a pen. <laughs> oh, he's not. Well, and maybe it's a small piece of charcoal. Oh no, yo, he does. He is holding something. I am. Yeah. It's like between his fingers. It's really hard to see. I wonder if it's a piece of charcoal. Possibly. Onto wood. I apologize, Julie. I thought you were uh, just miming it, but there yeah. is very, very subtly, there is a uh, piece of chalk or charcoal or something he's writing with. And, and then we end the minute with a close up of an elf 
like with a scrubby brush. Uh-huh. Scrubbing. Not scrubbing, really, but combing. Yeah, brushing. The coat of one of the reindeer. Is this Vout? No, not that's not Vout. I do. I was wondering if that was one of the original trio from earlier. I think he is. Which one is he? It's either Boog or Honka. <laughs> oh, no. Because Vout is like the, the kind of dopey one, remember? Right, right. I just didn't know if maybe we didn't recognize him because he doesn't have his hat on. Yeah, he's also wearing a different color. Different clothes and no hat. So now I, it's you know, it's amazing what disguises can do. What we need to do is we need to have an album of all of the elves with their names so that we can flip through and match them up and be like, okay, that one is Honka. If only we had a website. To, if only uh, we had a website. Make that an elf, elf date, Santa Claus the movie elf database. <laughs> there we go. There's your new project. Oh, no. I've already named all of the reindeer on the website. Oh, why not elves? You'll have to go. I know. I, now keep, i got to add the elves. I've been keeping track of the elf names as they appear minute by minute, so that'll make it somewhat easier for you to go back figure out who everybody is yeah but i do believe this is one of one of them patches buddies but it's not vout so it's either boog or honka right so we'll have to figure that out so we need to interrupt the minute again just to let you know that we have id'd this elf and it is boog and we have gone ahead and made a elf guidebook yes or guide page yes and that's available on our website and the link will be in the description of this episode and then i don't know who the other one is because you can't see his face and he's like combing like the little (laughs) reindeer beard right now we gotta figure out which reindeer is this i don't know but it's definitely a puppet reindeer and not a real reindeer there's no way a real reindeer would stand this still while all this happened around him well let's see (laughs) You're going to try to determine what reindeer it is? Yeah, why not? We are in the minute, right? I think it is Dancer. I believe this is Dancer because you can kind of see uh, Dancer has a white muzzle and you can kind of see the monocle around his eye in the picture. So I think they are uh, getting Dancer ready. What do you think? I'll go with your theory. I don't have the visual aid to go <laughs> go with it right where I'm sitting. So I, I will I will go along with that. Okay. I believe this is Dancer that they are prepping. And with that, our minute ends. It does end. And the next minute has, continues on with the montage. So we'll be able to talk a little bit more like we did this time about what we see in the background. I know there's a lot to unpack in these minutes. There is. I mean, there's so much in the background of these montages of all of these elves and everything that they're working on. It's really mind-blowing how they got everything to sync together. Any final thoughts on this minute before we wrap it up this week? I don't think so. I think that is about it. I mean, we have another couple of minutes to talk about more of the montage. Coming up. So stay tuned for that. If you guys have any feedback whatsoever, you can contact us on our social media pages. You can find us at Santa Minute on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. You can also send us an email, SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome aboard any new listeners on this ridiculous journey. (laughs) We post a new episode every single Wednesday, and you can listen to each and every episode for free!